In this episode, we're going to talk about jobs in the metaverse. What will work look like? How can we prepare for that future? Today, we are privileged to be joined by the co-chair of the Open Metaverse Interoperability Group to help us cover the subject. Before I jump in, I'd like to give you guys a quick synopsis of the situation at hand. As we speak, the concept of crypto and the metaverse have merged to create an enormous hype cycle beyond anyone's expectations. Everyone's excited about the new creator economy in which people will be rewarded for their hard work. Part of what people are excited about is the idea of breaking free from today's gatekeepers. So that's where we're at today. But before we jump in, if you guys are interested to contribute, go ahead and visit ocem.cc slash contribute. We would love to have your help. We're actually uh, testing how people interact in virtual worlds in order to research the space. We'd love to have you. We need volunteers. We need donors. We need mentors, people are, who are interested in this space. And you can always join us also just on our Discord by going to ocem.cc slash socials. With the stage set, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, we are joined today by Jesse or Mr. Metaverse. Mr. Metaverse, would you like to introduce yourself to the community? Yeah, uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, see, I'm Jesse Alton. I am a co-chair at OMI, the Open Metaverse Interoperability Group, uh, and I founded a little XR incubation community called Angel XR. Awesome. Uh, can you tell us, uh, because a lot of the viewers will not know about um, either OMI or, um, you know, Angel XR, could you give us a basic introduction to what you've done there? Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Let's see how brief I can be. Uh, <laughs> this That'll be the challenge. So um, I have I work in product. Yep. I work in product and strategy. I have a extensive background in business development. Um, I'm like a suit, but I just so happen to wear a hoodie every day. <laughs> cool. Um, I, because of that have worked in design, uh, obviously product management, marketing, uh, pretty much I've done most things except for code. Gotcha. And so angel, when we, when I first set out to create angel uh, about nine years ago now, um, Angel, we were going to build the metaverse, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> little, little did I know. We all start um, there, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, we're like, boy. we're going to build this thing. Um, and it was a very exciting time. 2013, 2014, you had the uh, Oculus DK1. And uh, it just, it was becoming hopeful again for 360 content. And so yep. um, we wanted to create a platform that folks could build on top of. They could build any app or game or experience that they wanted and uh the challenge was once again i i couldn't code so uh, i found that it was really hard finding developers uh who weren't who had the skills and weren't already doing their own thing yeah. and so um oh that's that's a big in, problem in for us social run. people <laughs> <laughs> yes it, yes it is um and so you know we pivoted i think everyone who's worked in the metaverse or on the metaverse in any capacity has probably experienced at least one pivot. Um, we've had many, um, but ultimately we pivoted that we would not be building a platform and instead try to create interoperable products, gotcha. things like an interoperable inventory system. Uh, once again, very exciting. Uh, you know, a lot of wind in our sails and my team, we specialized in product and design. So we would focus on building really well-designed products. <laughs> but there was again, one of those problems which was that all of the other developers that we would meet, uh, now we understood that they're building their own things, their own platforms. Uh, they would, they were building in different directions. 
Yeah. Right. And so like, even if I made an interoperable inventory system, would they even use it or would they just code their own? And right. uh, so if you can make the, the best thing in the world, no one uses it, there's, there's no point. So that led to OMI. Um, Angel, we, you know, we, we knew that ultimately we wanted to incubate like different products, kind of like a skunk works meets a sweat equity VC, right? Like gotcha. take a little piece of products and co-create with these other companies. And uh, fortunately we had already been doing that. So when I made the announcement that, you know, hey, all of you that have platforms, like all of you are creating your things, like how about we form a round table and work on these protocols together so that, you know, we can kind of ensure the interoperability is even possible in the first place. And thankfully, uh, very fortunate and very thankful for this every day, yeah. a lot of people answered the call. And so that's what led to open metaverse interoperability. Not a for-profit, it's not a non-profit, it's, it's very simply, we are a collective and we agree not to sue each other. <laughs> and it's very simple and elegant that way. And yeah. we're able to explore and co-create protocols uh, that make all of our platforms and experiences better. Yeah. And it actually unlocks the ability for Angel to be able to do what we always wanted to do, which is, you know, creating those interoperable products. So I think that might be the shortest I've ever told it. And even then <laughs> it was long, but I feel pretty good about that, that summary. <laughs> well, it brings up a fantastic question. I know it's not super on topic for what we want to talk about, but when it comes to interoperability, give us a little bit of insight. Let's say you were to build an in interoperable um, inventory system for the metaverse. What does that look like? Uh, such a fun question. I always fantasized, uh, I, 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 re I would refer to it as bindle, like, you know, one of those little bags on a bundles on a stick. Yeah. Um, uh, there's so many ways it could work out. So. A lot of the work that I, I do is on platforms. Uh, typically, the projects that I work with and help consult are search-based problems yep. uh, more often than not. Uh, and that's pretty common when you are when you work in digital transformation. Um, and so uh, interoperability, uh, first of all, is would be the ability to have uh, like a sword, which is a, such a classic example, yep. be able to be used in multiple games. Right. Or, your avatar is able to travel to multiple different worlds. And ideally, those worlds would be on different platforms, right? Now, yep. there's those who kind of freak out at the very idea of this, mm -hmm. where they're like, especially people who have been developers or game designers for 20 years, like, they're like, well, there's just so many different ways that we handle this stuff. It's not possible, right? Yep. And, uh, I would say it is possible. <laughs> I would just say we're not naive to the level of difficulty there. And so, and I want to call all that out before I go talking about a product like this so I don't sound like an idiot Definitely, no. to your listeners. The interoperable inventory system, what would be really cool to see is something that it leverages something like tagging, kind of like you would have with a content management system. Okay. And so you could tag items, right? You could say, this is a, this is a staff. It originated in Webiverse gotcha. and it was, it, it is a, you know, it works both as a GLTF. Uh, it also, there's, uh, it has a, a sister file that's a VRM, um, for example, like, and, uh, you know, it, you'd be able to see where it originated, what type of file it is, what it is, it's a staff. And yep. then there could also be these other tags that I'd like to see. So this is a mythical weapon, right? It's a weapon, that's another tag. And yep. so what you could do if things are tagged properly, is dynamically assemble worlds based on tags. So you could say, I want a Western world and anything that has a Western themed tag 
is allowed. Or this is a cartoon-based world, so anything that has a tune shader tag is allowed. And yeah. it because you don't want to step on the toes of other designers and creators, right? Like it would be if if you if the aesthetic of a tune a cartoon shadered staff would violate the design aesthetic that you're going for with your super realistic cyberpunk game, yeah. then it's it shouldn't you shouldn't be ridiculed for choosing to opt out on those items from coming in, right? So something like that uh, um, where you can store your items and people who don't care about the metaverse at all would yeah. be kind of tastefully pulled in because maybe they really love gaming and you know they love uh, they they have a ton of different Call of Duty skins or gold guns and things that they've paid real money for yeah. and they would like to see some other utility from those items being able to use them in other places or even just pull them out in AR um, but having a place where you're able to store and access those things uh, would be I think most ideal gotcha gotcha can I uh, I know this is not uh, fully the subject but I'd love to just um, explore this topic just a little bit because it's one that absolutely fascinates me and maybe we can we can have two subjects here because this is really a point of interest for me um, I find that you know uh, virtual worlds especially at a high scale are, are pretty bespoke right uh, let's say you're wearing a sword on your back and you go through a door and now the sword is clipping entirely through the door that would be a problem right and uh, understanding size, for example, for the sake of not having clipping issues, um, would be a massive issue. How do you solve those kind of problems if uh, if items are interoperable? Right. Um, so the, I'll speak to what I'm qualified to speak to because okay. there's uh, there's a limit. There's a limit at a, at a high level. Um, you could have something like a translator, right? Like a, like a data dictionary. We do this all the time, right? Okay. You have legacy systems that have data stored in old languages, but it still works. And there's five different legacy systems and they all have their old data. And now you want to create a new system that leverages the cloud and better data architecture. Well, how, how are you not like worn out from those other five legacy systems? You, you could have like an ETL layer. Like there's a lot of different ways to do it. So you could theoretically have something that translates. And then there's, so there's projects, there's actually, um, Dr. Kim Nebelstein has IPS, IPSME, which mm -hmm. is the, oh, you can test me. Indepotent publish <laughs> subscribe messaging. Oh no, service. IP, uh, uh, I'm so close. I know I'm close, and I think he would he would respect the way I I, I went for it. Um, but IPSME, for example, is a like design pattern for uh, that w allows you to subscribe one system to another. And so gotcha. he actually has demoed where he had a one item that was like a staff in Minecraft, and mm -hmm. he went into I believe Doom, and you know the staff is not an item in Doom. So it instead in his inventory, when he stepped through a portal into Doom, it swapped out his inventory with something that was comparable, right? Like, like, yeah. a, like a shovel or something to that effect. And so I think that's such a brilliant way to handle this is because if somebody makes a change, it doesn't break the entire metaverse. Yeah. If you're subscribing to it, uh, you know, you can kind of uh, ensure that those translations persist and don't break. That's one way. <laughs> 
there, there's, there's a ton. I just, I so badly want to get into this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna before, because I'm gonna be here for the full hour just on this subject. But before we go da diving down that rabbit hole, I'd love to cover a topic that uh, I find there's a tremendous amount of interest in, and I'll introduce it here. And basically, it's the idea that you know, the idea of what will work look like in the future of the metaverse, and and how we can prepare for that future. Uh, because there's a lot of people that just want to be part. They haven't been able to be part of everything that's been going on. They want to be part. They want to take, their, let's say they're a fashion designer, they're an architect. They want to take their abilities to the metaverse and uh, see how they can apply them. Uh, what sort of jobs do you see popping up in the future of the metaverse for the creator community? What an awesome question. So. Oh, I that is so it's that that is what gets people who don't understand the metaverse fired up, I think, I think because you're able to make it uh, you're able to relate. Right. So yeah. I like I, I like to talk about like imagine there's somebody right now who's like 12 who by the time that they're 18. Right. They could theoretically be able to tell their friends like yeah, my job is I design spaceships, yep. you know, like somebody could literally be a tailor and they're only working on digital fashion. Yep. And so it like I like to imagine that there's a future where folks are able to, you know, uh, essentially, yeah, tailor your robe. Like if you have a, a tall if your avatar is a little bit taller now and, um, you know, you want to change the colors of the robe or something like that and you're not technical. Uh, yeah, I see people being able to to do that, to make modifications or uh, to sharpen your blade or to redo the interior of your your trolley car or spaceship, you know, like yep. that type of stuff is what's going to be so uh, it's, it's going to unlock so much value for people who like <laughs> like being able to open up a shop in in the metaverse and sell wares in the metaverse that you made. Yeah and you don't have the overhead right like you don't have to go open up some brick and mortar store and it's 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 like a i guess you know the more i'm describing it the more i'm like well the, the internet the websites websites kind of satisfy most of those problems but uh you know you're, you're gonna see people um being vr performers right yeah. like you could hire somebody to come and, and dance at a party and so they're dancing at yeah. a party but it's, it's a it's a human being on the other side dancing in their living room um, I think that you're just going to see an entirely new generation of creators being yep. able to create an entirely new category of goods. And that's exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I have a uh, an idea I'd love to get into, but first I want to invite a Blaker, Sean, or Laiku to jump on with questions. I will say, if you guys want to be part, we do open this up to everybody. So if you go to um, ocem.cc slash socials, you'll be able to join us for our podcast. We do them on Discord every time. So jump in and be part, and uh, we would love to hear your questions. Laiku, go ahead. So my question is... Um, this is more of a perspective thing. And um, someone like me, with no perspective at all, you know, I'm very new to this, very fresh perspective. I would like to hear yours. So a lot of the hype surrounding the metaverse is like it being a game, you know, like, like right. video games are coming out. Um, some of these companies are trying to market their so-called game. 
um, as um, like decentraland and things of that nature. How should someone like me view the metaverse? Is it mm. just a video game or is it a bit more? And if it is a bit more, is it being gamified or how am I supposed to view this? Oh, okay. Good question. So I am in this camp that it's kind of, I don't know if it's a, it might be an unpopular opinion, but I'm in the camp. Uh, when I hear folks say the metaverse is still being defined, I reject that statement. I strongly disagree. The metaverse is not being defined. It's being iterated on. It was already defined. Um, and I think that when when we choose to see the metaverse as it's still being defined, we're actually affording big players or the folks who will benefit from that confusion the ability to continue to confuse. So you see things like we're building a metaverse or this is going to be the Nike metaverse, right? And uh, Satya Nadella from Microsoft, like, you know, they just made a $75 billion acquisition of one of the largest game companies in the, in the world. And he doesn't seem to know what the metaverse is. You know, he says things like, we're going to have a Halo metaverse. And, uh, you know, the like, like, like you get a metaverse, you get a metaverse. And that is not that that's a very dangerous and scary future because then, yes, it's it will be gamified in the same way that everyone needed a website. You're going to see everyone's building others a metaverse and it'll just it kind of cheapens it. Right. Like, so I think the best way to view the metaverse is that there is there is one. And if you can accept that 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 statement, then the others become much easier to accept as well. And so there's one metaverse. And if you see yourself as part of it, contributing to it, like a node in a much larger network, you're going to have a much better time uh, where the folks who benefit from the confusion around the definition of the metaverse uh, are going to have a tough time in the future is that they are <laughs> muddling the definition in an effort to draw lines in the sand. And so one of the second rule I'd say about the metaverse is that the metaverse is collaborative and it should be collaborative. Um, and so that could come in the form of what interoperability would do for the metaverse. Um, and uh, I think a, a, a something to, to, to address where it comes into gaming, like the this is the third principle that I would say is that it's all part of the metaverse. I would say the metaverse is probably the digital equivalent or counterpart to our universe. So I am in the camp that spatial audio is part of the metaverse. Yes, the internet's part of the, is is the part of the metaverse. Like apps on your phone are part of the metaverse. VR and AR are part of the metaverse. And it's much like our universe. Everything is encompassed in our universe. Um, the metaverse is that is the digital digital counterpart um, related to gaming and if it's being gamified. Um, games are part of the metaverse and are a big part and they're easy for f folks to understand right like if you think of the metaverse as a virtual like universe where you're able to travel to different worlds it feels like you're describing a video game right so it's kind of easy to, to to think of it that way um where you're seeing folks uh monetize uh, you know time money and attention people spend their time money and attention on things that they believe will generate them more time, money, or attention, um, or you know, satisfy some, some other need that they, they may have. But typically, that's it. And so there's a lot of buzz around the metaverse. And what you're hearing from the buzz is the folks that are making the most noise. And so those are folks who are, you know, th that, that's where you see things like people buying a $100,000 virtual piece of real estate, or 
you know, every game that's launching is going to do a play to earn model. Um, and you're hearing these buzzwords or you're seeing in the NFT space or on the blockchain side that, um, you know, there's this like Web3 is the metaverse and, and that the rest of, you know, non-blockchain is not part of the metaverse. Like uh, that all just adds to the confusion. I think the metaverse is an and scenario, right? It's blockchain and traditional web. It's um, it's not one or the other. This isn't PlayStation or Xbox. It's uh, PlayStation and Xbox, you know, yeah. like, um, and so I think that that's probably why you're seeing so much noise around it is that people are just trying to find their place in it and they're trying and they're they're seeing others make money off of nfts so you see more and more and more nfts pop up um you see folks are successfully selling virtual real estate so you're seeing more and more platforms pop up that have virtual real estate and that will continue until eventually we have enough resources poured into the metaverse there's enough investment dollars there's enough opportunities or places for you to become a creator uh, and you'll see a shift where it'll go from being this like very transactional based thing to being what it's supposed to be which is a more of a uh experiential based thing the metaverse is about you experiencing it it's not about buying and selling things it's just unfortunately right now buying and selling things is what's keeping the lights on yeah um, hopefully i made sense that was a really long answer <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to I'd love to take you guys uh, on a trip of imagination here for a moment. Uh, it, it's purely speculative, but I have this idea of how we will communicate in the future. We uh, we saw video revolutionize how we communicate with each other. You know, we now have these visual interactive experience or not interactive, but visual experiences where we send each other videos. I mean, we can do this on TikTok, for example, now where you send a very small video to somebody and it's like it's personal, right? Personal video is kind of the new level uh, along with live video. But I imagine that if you go to the metaverse in the future, uh, you will be there in a place. You're, you're going to be able to um, click a record button and you're going to be able to create a memory, a, a, like a, a 3D memory that people are engaging with. So basically think of it this way. Um, how do I say this? You will actually... Yeah, push the record button and you will record yourself being in a space with certain people. So you know how uh, well, well back in the day they had those, um, a lot of people would show up and they'd play some uh, instrument or something like that. You get, What was that called again? Uh, a flash mob, a flash mob. I got it there. Uh, you know oh, what, okay. they, they would do a flash mob. <laughs> Just imagine yourself going to a space where you would actually set up a flash mob. And in that flash mob, it'd be like a Christmas flash mob that would show up at a mall in a virtual world, right? And you would be recording this beforehand. And other people would view this recording, but in a way that they go there in an interactive 3D space where they're actually seeing the whole of this flash mob and seeing everything that's going on around it. Um, and they're able to see the expressions on people's faces. And I, I really think that there's going to be a tier of creator and there's going to be a type of creator that works with and in that space as a purveyor of virtual memories 
that is just one of my ideas as to uh, kind of interesting things that are going to happen in the metaverse that are going to be very hard to prepare for. I know this the topic is jobs that will exist in the metaverse and how to prepare for them. You don't really prepare for this one, um, but you know uh, I think that's just going to be one way that uh, you're going to be able to do something really interesting in the metaverse that you have never done in 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 physical life or in video before. It's it's funny that you mentioned that because there's going to be new jobs that come up from that too, right? Like yeah. when I first when I said, uh, when we first started Angel and I said that I wanted to build the metaverse, right? Like, like essentially, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, the first thing I would say to describe what we were trying to do is we would call it the digital preservation of memories. Yeah. And oh, interesting. I still think, yeah, I still think that 360 content is grossly overlooked, that 360 cameras are grossly overlooked. Yeah. And I see, you know, we draw from and contribute to the metaverse. So, uh, just like how it's fun to talk about, you know, being able to pull a sword out of the metaverse and show it to your friend in AR, yeah. right? Like, that's cool. But we also can contribute to the metaverse. So you're going to see jobs pop up where it's filming a wedding with 360 cameras and uploading those 360 experiences into one experience of that wedding where you can hop around to different cameras. You're going to see, yeah. um, you know, one of my favorite ideas is at a concert. You got a thousand people in the crowd. They all have their phone out. Well, what if you, and then they upload to their different Instagrams. They each get 10 likes, they call it a day. What if you could take those 1000 perspectives and syndicate them into one experience and you can jump around from camera to camera or exactly. to, from photo to photo yep. and you're gonna see new jobs pop up in that category as well. So just <laughs> like it's, we haven't even scratched the surface. Why wouldn't you want to be at the wedding, right? Like you can literally relive right. this memory. It's the problem with it, I feel like, is it's not been accessible enough, right? And right now it's not very practical, for example, to go into a YouTube video and pan around constantly because half the views are not relevant. And But when you're in a virtual space, as a gamer, I'm a gamer, and I'm sure many people here are, there is a certain joy and simplicity to walking around. And it's like walking around in a space and doing that in the context of a memory is something that could be both enjoyable and passive and, you know, easily done and really unique, you know, and rewinding and, and replaying that memory forward and backward is going to be really interesting. Absolutely. By the way, I'd love to welcome Sean. Sean, would you like to uh, ask a question? No, I, I just I love the the topic and uh, and I love the the talks that you're doing. And it's funny, I, I almost, you know, when you when you look at what are the top jobs that will exist in the metaverse, I almost feel like you should ask what job will not exist in the metaverse. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. because it's 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 really um, if you want to think about the metaverse and I, you know, I've come up with like kind of a, a more of a direct definition. I think the metaverse will be like a persistent real time simulation that bridges both physical reality with augmented and virtual realities. And to bridge these planes, it has to be dynamic, not compiled, uh, which is what explain most that. Um, products that. are exist today. And I think it has to mirror the physical experience that we have today, which is really a shardless world. And so when you think about the, the premise of this, it's gotcha. really every job that exists today, I think will exist in the metaverse. Um, and I think it's going to help not only our physical world in a better way, but also be able to have, you know, as simple as tying in, you know, virtual shops, you know, you right now have to buy real estate in the real world. You have to develop it. You have an architect, someone has to build a building. You have um, all these things that go into delivering an experience in the physical world from a shopping experience. And that same process 
is going to happen in a digital space yeah. and it's going to be far cheaper because you don't have to have you know the the big leases the money and it's going to enable every small person and i mean small person someone that's not a part of a large company with a huge budget to be able to compete in a way that just wasn't possible in the real world and that's what makes it i think extremely special and Interesting. so it's it's uh kind of a my take as far as what the future and it's very hard because it is uh in in certain ways dystopian and certain ways very philosophical and i think everyone's kind of using this word in a way to attach to a project either they're working on today mm -hmm. or they don't want to be left out the same way that they were left potentially with the internet or the way they're protected from a creator standpoint and i think the creators are going to make the metaverse so it will be theirs the question is is how do you build it to allow it um, for them to partake in a way where big businesses can't step in and take away their effectiveness if you will and i think that's going to be super important so you're talking about independence right like give uh, allow people to be independent are we going to create a world where we are slaves of the machine or whoever's in charge or are we going to going to create a world that is open and for everybody that empowers those individuals to be maximum you know maximum effectivity in their in their space right yeah and i think you can look at a parallel to the internet right um, i think anyone could build a website and build a business or a social event or a community um you know starting from scratch and it's very inexpensive i think the same thing needs to be able to happen when you're talking about a metaverse and i think that's super super important for a true you know one metaverse that jesse's kind of mentioning Definitely, definitely. So uh, it's interesting to to look at the idea of multiple metaverses, right? So on, on one hand, we have, uh, you know, the uh, one second, uh, Mr. Metaverse, we have a keyboard sound from you there. Sorry about that. Um, so on one hand, we have the definition of the metaverse, which is like people are saying we are creating the metaverse today, right? And that is a very um, limited view, right? It's like saying that I have a web page and therefore I have the metaverse, right? And then you have the metaverse, which is a word that represents uh, a large group of worlds, uh, each individual node being a virtual world, right? And uh, really how I see the metaverse and because I've not worked within the traditional definition before is the idea of the future of civilization. I don't see this as the next internet. I see this as the next life, right? I see this as the way we will perceive truth, reality, and the future itself, that people will grow up in a world that they see more real than their own. And that plays really into what the metaverse will be and with the, the sort of jobs you take there. I mean, think about it this way. If you can build a school by pushing a button, and you have real personal interactions in the space, is it cheaper to build a school or is it cheaper to do this in the metaverse, right? Now do that with a workplace, do that with every facet of human society. Uh, I really think the metaverse has the potential to go there. We're not there yet. I think augmented reality will help us along the way. It's not, you know, a, a, an A to Z path that's, that's crystal clear, but I think we're taking a lot with us um, and I think really it's it's really important to see it in, in that holistic sense and like i encourage people to learn code or to get involved in game development if they want to get in the space because really you're not learning about how to make you know clothes in decentraland because decentraland may come and go right you want to be relevant to the the space as a whole in my opinion you know yeah i definitely agree i think it's on us it's on we share the burden of making it as desirable to be part of the open metaverse as it is to make something proprietary yeah right? like the 
I believe, obviously, and that's why I spend so much of my time, I believe that there's tremendous profitability and interoperability and that there's the juice is worth the squeeze and that it's more that these open source projects could generate more financial return for investors than the traditional, you know, wall everything off and try to own and control everything will. And it's an extremely bold statement, but oh yeah, um, it just because I believe that, like, we need to demonstrate that you can succeed being a part of the open and interoperable metaverse to enough people so that enough people continue to contribute in that way. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's it's a it's like the ball picking up speed as it's rolling down the hill and. Uh, we have a lot a lot of work to do but um there's hope and i i believe in the long run users are going to come to expect you know that an open and interoperable metaverse i'd like to end off by touching on what i think is a really important uh subject which is that uh people have to understand that uh this whole metaverse space uh, there, there's the potential for harm here, and uh, we're looking at the potential privatization of reality itself, right? Where everything you look at is copyright, every word you speak is in the the hands of a corporation which is now responsible for your speech, and uh, this is a reality that we need to enter into with an aggressive forwardness to make sure that we shape the space positively together as a community. And so, uh, you know, jump in there, but be aware that there is a potentially really negative thing that's going to happen here. And um, I'm just going to speak to my experience and I don't mean to throw any company under the bus here. Actually, I'll speak not to my experience just to save throwing companies out of the bus. But let's take a look, for example, at, I'm looking at uh, right now, the advertising forum core creators about Roblox, right? Roblox takes a 75.5% cut, according to this advertising, I'm saying this again, very specifically, uh, of the revenue that creators create on Roblox. Now, when you're in somebody's locked in platform, there's a very strong incentive for that platform to take as much of the cut as possible, right? And so the benefit of the open metaverse is you're going to be able to do something where you're not owned, your work is not owned by somebody else. 75.5% of your effort going to other parties, just let that sink in for a moment. That's the reality that, that uh, you know, our gaming clan side faced for a while there. And that's one of the reasons we decided to build our own stuff independently, because we could not stand the, the idea. And you don't want to be there in a situation where you're subject to a 75.5% tax on what you do. Right. I mean, where, where'd they, who suggested the 0. 0.5? Like, well, 75 wasn't enough. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they needed a 0. 0.5. Um, well, <laughs> I actually think this might even be misleading. I know this sounds odd. And again, I'm, I'm being very careful for legal reasons here. This is what uh, Core Creator says about uh, what Roblox is taking. But there's another level that people don't talk about when you're on these platforms that if you want to get attention to your product, you've got to spend your Roblox on advertisements, right? It's not like people are going to show up to your thing for free. So think about 75.5 of the revenue you make. But to make that revenue, you're potentially spending a lot more in order to even get surfaced. Right. And a lot of people experience this when Facebook added boost your post to their pages, right to the pages. Uh, now, no longer were you creating content for free on Facebook that Facebook was profiting on. Now you needed to pay to reach the fans that you paid to get in the first place using Facebook ads. Right. So there's a temptation to take from three sides of the table 
all of your food and more so and to get you to gamble uh, I'm not saying Facebook was doing that per se, but we, we've got to not put ourselves in a position where we're going to be owned by the machine. I like to say it that way. Our speech, our ideas, our creativity has got to be in our possession. How we're going to fight for the open metaverse is, I think, the call to action. And I would love to get you guys part of OMI. Uh, how do people join OMI? Where can they find the link? Great question. Uh, the OMI website working group actually just launched a new version of our website okay. uh, this past week. Uh, it's beautiful, so I'm proud to say, go check out uh, OMI group, G-R-O-U-P, OMIgroup.org. Awesome. And that'll give you links to our Discord and our GitHub. We work in public. Uh, we use Discord for a lot of chatter, and we try to document as much as we possibly can uh, on our GitHub. Uh, working group pages. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we at Awesome work with OMI and uh, we're very positive on what they're doing. And so definitely recommend you check that out. I'll leave the link at the top of this podcast uh, so that you can be part. It's not a centralized group. It's a place where you can come and bring your ideas and help create an open metaverse. So uh, definitely check that out. And thank you so much, Jesse, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This was great. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing it. Absolutely. And we'll see you back next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it. We would love to have those ratings that'll get us out there. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time. Take care. Awesome. Well, I think that went well. Blakers, you didn't find out how to request. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs>